Welcome back to the Revelation Power Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Hopkins, and this is episode 210. It is the fifth episode in this year's Advent Christmastide Epiphany series. Today is the first Sunday of Christmas, and this year that happens to fall on December 31st. So it is New Year's Eve and the first Sunday of Christmas. It is literally Christmas Sunday on the last day of December. So it's a, it's been a little confusing. Um, last week at church, we were told it was Christmas Sunday. It was Christmas Eve, the fourth Sunday of Advent. So not quite, but it was the Sunday closest to Christmas Day. I understand where that comes from. Today in church, we got an epiphany message, and we won't be in epiphany for two more weeks. So... It really is just illustrative of the confusion around the church calendar and the seasons and why we celebrate Christmas when we do, how we've confused it or co-opted it with the commercial, quote, Christmas season, end quote. Um, That's not Christmas. That's Christmas. Part of it is Halloween, part of it is Thanksgiving, part of it is Advent, and that that sale ends when Christmas begins, and yet we call it the Christmas season. Um, it's all wrapped up in money-making, and for, for those of us in the church then to tie our celebrations of Christmas to the money-making season is really co-opting the message. It really makes it kind of a caricature that we put out our little plate that says, Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, Not that season. Money is the reason for that season. The season that Jesus is the reason for begins December 25th, runs for 12 days thereafter. Orthodox Christmas Day is January the 5th or the 6th, depending on which tradition you adhere to. And then Epiphany goes for two weeks after that. And so if you're going to leave your your manger scene up in your yard, if it has wise men in it, it should literally stay up until January the 20th. So those of you that are slow at taking your Christmas decorations down, don't feel bad. You can easily justify leaving them up till January the 20th. Now, those of you that don't take them down till March, that may be a little harder to justify. You might start putting uh, hearts and arrows and red and white ribbon on your tree and call it a Valentine's tree if you're going to leave it up that long. Um, Shamrocks and and green decorations, if you're going to leave it into March, please change the decorations so that it becomes a a Valentine's tree or a St. Patrick's tree and, and don't don't leave it as a Christmas tree after January the 20th. I'm saying all of that good-naturedly to have a little bit of fun with you because today at church there were people who were talking about having spent this weekend taking their Christmas decorations down. It wasn't even Christmas Sunday yet. We've lost sight of the seasons and the reasons for the seasons, and that in the church calendar from December, maybe the last Sunday in November, which is 
Advent starts either the last Sunday in November or the first Sunday in, in December. It depends on how the year falls. But from that Sunday until Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Easter, there are reasons for each week, each Sunday, each observance, each part of the Christian calendar. And and it's important, I think, that we learn the rhythm of those happenings because they walk us again through the Christian experience every year in a new way, I hope in a new way, with new things to discover and new insight to be gained. And when we ignore the Christian calendar, we we ignore that cycle and that rhythm and, and we don't let it form in our souls to the good that it could be doing. So today, first Sunday in Christmas, I want to look with you uh, in Luke chapter 2, continuing after the birth of Christ. So he's born in 1 through verse 20 of Luke chapter 2 and 21. It says, after eight days he was circumcised. His name was Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived. And then this Christmas story, verse 22. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought the child up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. So he has to be consecrated as the holy firstborn. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is required in the law of the Lord, quote, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. End of the quote. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death. He would not see death before he had seen the Messiah. And he came in the Spirit into the temple that day. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, you may now let your servant depart in peace according to your word to him. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. It's very much akin to Mary pondered all these things, treasured them up in her heart. But here, His father's involved too. And his father and mother marveled at the words that were spoken over him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and is a sign that will be opposed. And that sword will pierce through your own soul as well so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was in the temple a prophetess named Anna, 
the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not leave the temple. She lived in the quarters in the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very moment, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. Wow. The law requires that in so many days after giving birth, Mary has to come and present herself to the priests for purification because she had bled. The child that she birthed is also purified, and since he's the firstborn son, he's consecrated as such by the priest. So they have an accountability that they live up to under the law of Moses. And so Mary and Joseph, being obedient to the law, come up to Jerusalem about six miles from Bethlehem. They walk or they ride a donkey, a beast. Six miles is going to take, at a donkey's pace, (laughs) it's going to take uh, five hours, probably five to six hours of of travel. If they left at daybreak, they'll get into Jerusalem around lunch, around noon. And they walk through Jerusalem, up the hill, into the temple, into the court of the Jews, and waiting for them is a man named Simeon who has been coming into the courtyard of that temple for years. He's old. But the Holy Spirit has told him, you will not die until you see the Messiah. And so, being led by God, every day, Simeon has gone into the temple and watched, looked into the faces of the people who come. Every day almost, someone brings a baby to be anointed. He looks at each one of them. He looks at the parents. He looks at every child, every young man, looking for some sign that he's looking at the Messiah. Now, if we are talking about this story from Mary's perspective, and I believe that Luke is, is writing down Mary's account. I believe he's interviewing Mary for all of these stories about when Jesus was young or when he was born. This is Mary's perspective. You have to picture that this little couple, having had this tiny baby, born out in the sheep pen, now... 10 days, two weeks old, I I didn't look beforehand to make sure I knew what the time of purification was, but I think it's about two weeks. They bring him in for his consecration. 
They stop outside to pick up two turtle doves or two pigeons. Pigeons are a little cheaper than doves, so being poor, probably for a penny, they could get a couple of of pigeons. And they're carrying their pigeons in with their baby in order that the priest might sacrifice the pigeons and and consecrate the baby and 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 pronounce cleansing over them both and they can go on with their lives and they walk in the the sunshine of that day through the gate into the court of the Jews and that old man sees them his eyes catch that poor young couple dressed like common folks carrying a bundled up child and the Holy Spirit in the heart of Simeon says there that's the one and old Simeon rises from wherever he's seated And he makes his way across the court, getting closer and closer and closer until he stops them and says, folks, I know this is extraordinary, but could I, could I see your baby? And Mary and Joseph confronted with this old, absolute stranger. Asked, I'm sure they asked the same question that you or I would ask. Why? <laughs> I know this sounds crazy. I'm very old. And I have come to this courtyard day after day because the Spirit of the Most High has promised me that I will not die until I see the Christ, the Messiah. And this morning, as you walked through the gate, the Spirit of the Most High said, there, that child. And I know this has to sound crazy to you, but I believe this is the Messiah. And you can just see Mary and Joseph look at each other with that knowing look, that that slight smile. And one of them says to Simeon, it doesn't sound crazy at all. The angel told us that that's who he would be, the son of God. And on the night that he was born, shepherds came out of the darkness to say that angels had told them that our baby was the Son of God. And this word that you've just spoken, sir, is only another confirmation that what we've been told the entire time is true. And they hand him to Simeon. And Simeon takes the boy. And in the words of Michael Card, starts to sing. Because the verse here in the Gospel of Luke is 
is indented and it's put into stanzas. You'll notice that the lines are short, three and four word lines, like, like it's a song. Simeon takes the boy and looks to heaven and says, Lord, let your servant now depart this world in peace as you have promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Everybody around knew who Simeon was. Those who knew him knew what he was waiting for. And they've watched him as he's watched them every day. There's the old crazy man waiting for the Messiah. There's the old Simeon. That old fool thinks that he's going to sit here until the Messiah walks through that gate one day. Hey, Simeon, seen the Messiah today? No, not yet. And they laugh. They make fun of him, the old fool. But not this day. This day, he gets up and goes to this young couple, teenagers with a baby, disheveled, looked like they've been sleeping on a floor somewhere with this baby wrapped in torn up rags. And what is Simeon doing? He's singing. And so they would get up and go over to see what in the world is Simeon doing? What is he singing about? Lord, I can die in peace now because you've kept your word to me and I have seen your salvation. The salvation you've prepared in the presence of all people. Now listen, not just the Jews. He's in the court of the Jews. But this is the salvation of the Gentiles and the glory of Israel wrapped up in these rags. This is the light of the world to the Gentiles. When Simeon calls him that, he's calling him by a title that God himself had given to the Israelites. At that moment, and for the rest of the New Testament, Jesus is Israel. He is all the children of God. He is the chosen nation in the chosen one. He is their glory. He is their crowning achievement. He is the accomplishment of God's will among his people and the fulfillment of God's promise to them. I wish they'd seen it. A few did. 
John chapter 1, he came to his own, but his own would not have him. Yet to those who would have him, he gave the station, he gave the right to be called the children of God. Verse 33, and his father and mother marveled at what Simeon said about him. Can you imagine how affirming but overwhelming that would be? This old man takes your child and and worships him in front of everybody as the Messiah. And at that moment, he blesses them when you bless someone, it's a, it's a conscious act to, to call God's blessing down on people. And as he blesses them, he turns to Mary and says, your child is appointed to be the falling and the rising of many in Israel and has been sent as a sign that will be opposed He's going to bring opposition and that sword is going to pierce your own soul so that the thoughts, the motivations of many hearts will be revealed. That's overwhelming. If you're that child's mother and and someone tells you as they bless you, that this is what your child has come to be and to do? What would you think? And at that very moment, up shuffles an 84-year-old woman in a world where the average life expectancy was about 40. Here comes a lady who's lived more than twice that long. A lady who was married for seven years, probably at about the age of 15. She was married and her husband lived seven years till she was 22, 23. And then he passed and she has lived as a widow from 23 to 84. For over 60 years, she has been single and cared for by the church as the law required. She has moved into the quarters there in the temple. She lives there day and night. She never leaves. And she too, has been watching, has been watching for the Redeemer of Israel. And coming up at that moment, right after Simeon's word to Mary of prophecy that that this child is going to cause division and he's going to encounter opposition and that sword is going to pierce your soul too. Up comes Anna. May I hold the baby? She's heard Simeon's song. She and Simeon have to know each other. They've been there for years looking for the same thing. And her spirit witnesses what? Simeon's spirit witnesses this is the one. And she takes him in her arms and I think runs off with him a little ways. Because she's speaking, the Bible says, to all those who've been waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And she starts to tell them, our redemption 
is right here. I don't know if they believed her or not. I don't know that anybody believed that this little raggedy child in these raggedy clothes could possibly be the Messiah they'd been looking for. I would imagine that most of the folk there treated Simeon and Anna as we would treat some old people saying the same things today. Yeah, crazy people. That's a baby. That's not a Messiah. The Messiah will come riding in on a white horse and conquer Rome. It won't come in raggedy blankets like that kid. Messiah, for crying out loud. Those people are crazy. I think most of the people around there thought it was crazy. But I know two who did not. Joseph and Mary. The angel had spoken to both of them separately. The shepherds had come when they were together. And this piece of the puzzle fits. And they look at each other and they marvel at what was said about their child. It's the same thing as treasuring all these things in her heart and pondering them. Another moment of of witness, another moment of affirmation, confirmation, consecration. They came for the priest to consecrate the child as their firstborn, but Simeon beat them to it and consecrated him the Messiah, the Savior of the world, Gentile and Jew. Luke chapter 2 says, after, they, after they'd done what was required by the law, offered the birds, had the ceremony of consecration of the firstborn and cleansing for the baby and the mother, they went home to Nazareth. There's no story in Luke of the murder of the infants. There's no involvement of Herod. There's no, there's no running off to Egypt. It's really an interestingly different account. And I believe it's Mary's account. That, that stuff wasn't important to her. What was important to her was what was said about him, how he lived, what he did. By the time she tells Luke the story, there's a purposefulness to it. There's a direction to it. And, and she's not distracted by some of the things that Matthew talks about in his gospel because they relate to Joseph. This is Mary's story. And a Merry Christmas is a purposeful Christmas. It's a reflective Christmas. It's a marveling Christmas. It's a pondering Christmas. And so on this first Sunday of Christmas, on this Christmas Sunday. I want to invite you to ponder what it's like to see the Messiah walk into the courtyard in the arms of his mother. Creator in the arms of common man, as my favorite Christmas song this year says. 
creator in the arms of common man. I wouldn't have written it that way. But he chose meekness over majesty. He wrote a different story, a better story, than I possibly could have by wrapping himself in torn up pieces of cloth and putting himself in the arms of a poor young couple trying to find their way in this immense and gigantic law-driven world. They carry in their arms the time bomb of grace that God has sneaked into this world in a form that threatened no one. And yet Simeon sees him for who he is and says, oh, the threats are coming. He's a baby now, but he is going to bring division and opposition. The threats are coming. Such an ominous prophecy. Anna walks up and says, Simeon, you old fool, hand me that baby and go showing him off. And they go home. This week, my schedule at school will start again. Life will kick back in. The real world will interfere in my Christmas celebration. I'll have to go back to the daily life. I still have four days. And in those four days, what's left of my ability to celebrate? I want, I want to feel what Simeon felt. I want to see what Simeon saw. I want to, I want to experience what Mary and Joseph experienced. Life with a baby Messiah. <laughs> Life with all the power of God wrapped up in a blanket in your arms. Whoa. And I want you to experience that too. Because I want you to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs>